Welcome back to Chasing the Natty King's Classic Start Sit Discussion. I am your host, Xavier Hood. Alongside me, above me, if you're looking on YouTube, is my gracious host, Jared Palmgren. Ooh, and- gracious. Getting creative with the adjectives oh, yeah. today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You gave me a good one for the last episode, so I was like, I'll return the favor. Aww. But no matter that, I mean, it's all good. <laughs> that just threw you off with the aw. Yeah, it did. I was like, ah, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> had a little plan going but yeah this is the sit start discussion it is week eight for our league we are in the canes classic league with a bunch of other industry insiders um as you all know we have been following uh you know tracking our league and giving you the content of how we're doing in this league and uh so far we've been doing all right you know we were like what are we like fourth in uh, points uh scored I believe we are fourth in points scored total and sixth overall in the league our current record is four and three Four and three. And this past week, we just faced John McKechnie, who we got the win over. I think we both predicted that we would win the game. Uh, Jared was following along a lot more closely than me because I was worried about other leagues. And then, uh, so yeah, it came down to the wire. It was close. Uh, Yeah, I was. I'll I'll tell the funny story here. So basically, we had about 190, and John McKechnie was sitting there at about 177. And I was looking at who he had left, and I think at the time he had uh, Jamison Williams playing. He had um, he had some other guys playing, but I saw Jamison Williams, and I'm like, oh, Jamison Williams, that that's a, he's good. He, like that's gonna be like some big shot down the field. He'll get a touchdown. I'm like, all we need to do is for him not to get that. And then I get a notification on my phone that says Jamison Williams touchdown 75 yards. And I'm like, you got to be freaking kidding me. And I come back and look here and we're tied with John McKechnie. Luckily, that was the last points of the night that he scored. He was stuck there about 190. And then I believe we had uh, Ches Malusi actually was who we had left. And I think we had one other person left at the time. And they just ground out like five points just to make sure that we got the win. It was a close one. I'm not going to lie. As you're kind of looking here on YouTube, but we'll kind of go through it here. Uh, we won the quarterback competition, and that's what saved us. Uh, Caleb Elby uh, went off against Kent State uh, for a tune of 39 points. Uh, Sam Howell went off against Miami for another 39 points. But uh, Jay Kiner and Peyton Thorne for John McKechnie scored 17 and 14 points each. And pretty much, if you look at the rest of it, as Xavier will probably go through here in a second, that was a difference right there. So Xavier, what do you want to? Uh, what what about a running back situation? What happened there? Yeah, um, Kenneth Walker had a not so great day against Indiana. Uh, Indiana was a good. They played a good defensive game against Michigan State. It was back and forth. I watched that game closely because I have Kenneth Walker in a few other leagues, and I was just like, man, they're really stopping the run right now. Um, he only had uh, one reception, didn't uh, amount for anything. I think he lost five yards on that, and then also he only had eighty four yards rushing on the day. So basically, Michigan State had to find a way to get a touchdown and, uh, you know, win the turnover battle and air it out. So Peyton Thorne, it was all up to him. He got a touchdown in the end to the tight end. But uh, overall, it was just a a rough game that Michigan State, uh, you know, narrowly escaped. But a win is a win at the end of the day. But did not bode well for Kenneth Walker. Um, I think the bright side, Ty Chandler, uh, you know, we took him. What is it? Probably like fourth, fifth round in our uh, Kings Classic League. Might have been a little bit later than that, if I remember correctly. So we took him. Uh, we liked the upside of his, uh, you know, versatile ability of catching out of the backfield, which 
you know, it wasn't that the greatest of days. He only had two receptions for 17 yards, but he had 104 yards rushing and two rushing touchdowns. Um, this is the type of production I would like to see more consistently out of the UNC running back room, especially Ty Chandler being that lead back. Um, I love this going forward, and I'm excited. Uh, I think that uh, we both, like, you know, looking at both sides, it kind of just came, like, we had similar games where John had Dwayne McBride, who had a great day against uh, Southern Mississippi, and then Chris Rodriguez, who was facing the number one rushing defense in the nation, which did not bode well, especially for a guy that was putting up, uh, I think, almost uh, 99 or 90-plus yards a game. So he mm-hmm. had, like, 10, uh, seven rushing yards and only 10 yards uh, receiving. So it was not a good day for Mr. Rodriguez. But going yeah. forward, I think Chris will be fine. Did, like this is kind of an like off topic and everything, but like it, Chris Rodriguez's score in this league is pretty much quintessential why I don't like PPR leagues, because more of his points came from his receptions than the actual yards that he earned on the field. He had ten, re- ten yards receiving and seven rushing yards, so that would have been one point seven points in a standard league. Meanwhile, four entire points of his performance came from just the fact that he was throwing the ball rather than handed the ball off to me that 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 shouldn't happen anyway rant over yeah and then uh i guess we can move on to the receivers oh, yeah uh, yeah john had a great day with re- his receivers choosing all the players that he wanted to even on his uh flex with johans tyler did everybody did it like extremely better than all of our receivers except for one mr david bill who jared did mention uh, last week that for some reason against Iowa, David Bill has a vendetta, and uh, he always puts up big numbers, and he did put up big numbers for us. I, I told Xavier, I'm like, just trust me on this one. Iowa's defense is good, but just trust me on David Bell. Yeah. So it, 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 David Bell, you know, kind of saved our week. Um, everybody else did, you know, uh, mediocre jobs. I mean, Charles Rambo didn't have the greatest did. Jalen Naylor, a lot of people rushed to the waiver wire to pick him up the past previous week. I guess Michigan State just could not, you know, produce enough offense on uh, against Indiana, which is really interesting. So mm-hmm. we'll look at that for the future and what Michigan State. Maybe this is like the the, uh, the apex of their season and everything just goes down from hill from here, or you know, it was just some growing pains. So we'll see going forward. I mean, they, Indiana was coming off of, of a bye, so I think they had a little bit extra time to prepare for Michigan State there. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read too much into this result, although I do think Michigan State out of the big four in the Big Ten East right now, they're probably fourth. Although yeah. I think their game against Michigan's gonna be very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um again, we'll look at tight ends in here. Uh we played Peyton Hendershot last week because Michael Meyer was on a bye and also Michael Meyer was hurt. So we just kind of threw him in there. Uh again, that was just a low scoring effort game between Indiana and Michigan State, so we weren't gonna get much in there. Um, we got 6.2 points out of him, which turns out was enough. <laughs> and then uh, Jelani Woods for John McKechnie went off as well. He had 16.8 points, plenty good for a tight end um, performance. And then our flex, Tyler Ajir, uh definitely a disappointing day overall. 33 rushing yards. Uh, did get three receptions, though, so that helped him out. And then he got a rushing touchdown. So 13 points on the day. Not the worst performance in the world, but definitely could have done better. And then Ches Malusi. Quickly falling behind, finding out that he's now pretty much the RB2 behind Braylon Allen for Wisconsin. So don't be surprised if we bench him this week. Yeah. So with all that being said, like that's that's our covering of last week. Uh, again, we're four and three now. 
Uh, like we mentioned earlier, um, we're fourth in terms of points scored. We got a big game coming up this week with uh, Mike Bainbridge, who is, I believe, either second or third in the standings right now. So if we were to beat him, he's only got one game ahead of us. So if we were to beat him, that would definitely help us a ton in terms of getting us into that top four and getting us into the playoffs for this league. But yep. without further ado, let's go ahead and move on to our team. And let's discuss what we're going to start each position. So, Xavier, why don't you kick us off with the quarterbacks? Yeah, uh, we're limited at quarterback for this week because uh, mainly everybody's on bye and JT Daniels is hurt and on bye. So um, we're kind of just stuck with Caleb Ellaby and CJ Stroud. Uh, Stroud, definite starter. I have no uh, qualms with him starting against Indiana. I think Ohio State is the a superior team and they won't have any problems like Michigan State had. They have just too much uh, talent on through the running game and the passing game. So I'm expecting a big day from Stroud. Ellaby, on the other hand, um, he's been doing good for the past two weeks. I, I want to believe in Ellaby that he's turned the corner with his Western Michigan offense, but I don't know. I just uh, – for the whole entire season, from what I've seen, it just hasn't been consistent enough for me. So mm-hmm. I would like to explore the possibility of taking a flyer on a quarterback uh, possibly for this week. I would definitely agree with you, Xavier. I think it's something we should absolutely at least explore because looking it up – um toledo is 13th in the country against the pass but 61st against the rush and western michigan part of the reason why caleb ellaby has been so limited in many different ways is that um the rushing game for western michigan has kind of kept them in a lot of games uh with uh sean tyler and then ladarius jefferson as well so um if Western Michigan finds that rushing against Toledo is going to be a lot more effective than them. Then Caleb Ellaby is about to have a pretty bad day. So I think we should absolutely go ahead and just check the free agent pool, see what we can find. So let's go check it out. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So some names that kind of stick out to me, or at least stuck out to me, three of them are looking at here. So Chris Reynolds, obviously sitting right there at the top, 29.95 or 95 fantasy points per game. Uh, a lot of that comes from his rushing touchdowns, even if he's not really a true dual-threat quarterback, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, Michael Pratt, facing SMU this week. Uh, he's averaging 27.24 points per week. And then Nikosi Perry, uh, quarterback of Florida, Florida Atlantic, playing against Charlotte this week. He's got 26.64. Any of those names sticking out to you, Xavier, that you really might want to consider here? Yeah, I, I think I would want to take a flyer on Chris Reynolds. Um, they're facing Florida Atlantic. I think this is a perfect opportunity for Chris Reynolds to have one of his big weeks um, with the passing game and in the rushing game. Because uh, I don't think, uh, you know, Florida Atlantic's that high in terms of uh, passing yards allowed or uh, rushing yards, so a rushing defense. So I, I would probably prefer Chris Reynolds out of the three. I'm going to throw in Michael Pratt here, and that's mostly due to the fact that he is going up against SMU, and they are the 101st in the nation against the pass. And while Michael Pratt's not the most impressive passer in the world, I'd say, I would still say that SMU's defense is porous enough to where he should still be able to get himself a good day. We saw what happened when he played against Oklahoma to open the season. If I remember correctly, he scored in that game. Yeah, he opened the season with 39 points. Uh, hasn't been able to replicate that quite yet, but even so, you can see um, you yeah, can see some thirty-point games here later down the stretch. Uh, but again, I don't disagree with you entirely on Chris Reynolds. Like looking at his schedule here, um, he has massive upside. You can tell because he's got um, 
He's had a 40-point game to open the season against Middle Tennessee. He had 46 points, uh, scored 34 points last week against uh, FIU. So really the question is just who do we believe in a little bit more? Yeah. To me, it's a crapshoot. I think either one of these guys are pretty much getting roughly the same amount of value out of. So, yeah. It's, ooh, man, it's tough. Um, whew, man. I might have to just look at a SMU in the past few games to see, like, you know, I know some of their, some of their games have been close, like, but majority of the times they're in, like, a lot of shootouts. I mean, TCU, they won. That was an impressive win. Mm-hmm. They had a shootout with LA Tech. Uh, North Texas, they blew out. South Florida, they blew out. Um, Navy had a close game with. So I think Tulane, you know what? I, I, I may be leaning towards, uh, you, you may be convincing me that Michael Pratt uh, might be the uh, guy we're looking like. He is a freshman, um, but I think he's played well. He's, into a, he's a redshirt. For, I, I think he's a COVID freshman because he played last year. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he knows the offense. He can play in these big games, put up a lot of points. Um, you know, the Houston game did not look good with his O-line. Yeah, well, then again, a lot of that had to do with the fact that he was just getting sacked after sack, and I don't think that SMU has the personnel to be able to replicate what Houston was able to. Houston, surprisingly, has a legitimate defense this year. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, like I'm, I've been shocked watching them play how well they're able to stuff a lot of pretty good offensive teams. Okay. So, I'm willing to take Michael Pratt... And then we drop, I think we're both in agreement that Kyle Phillips probably the guy to drop. Yeah. Because um, I don't know what's up with DTR, but he's just been struggling the past couple of weeks. And just, yeah. yeah. So I'll go ahead and let's add Michael Pratt. Uh, drop Kyle Phillips. Goodbye, sir. And then I'm going to say we take Michael Pratt and replace him with Caleb Ellaby. He'll be our starting quarterback for this week. Yep. All right. Let's move on to running backs. Um, I have three running backs that I know for a fact I want to be in this starting lineup. Uh, one of which, well, right, four really, one of which has already played, Shamari Jones. Uh, he was in our starting lineup. He got his 14.8 points. Um, that's, that's on me. I probably should have asked us to record this a little bit earlier so we could have had a discussion on him. But regardless, uh, we got some points out of him. So 14.8 points. Uh, definitely not a bust by any means. Um, so the three running backs I'm going to advocate for here, Ty Chandler, or Ty Chandler, Tyler Algier, excuse me, already in our lineup going against Wazoo, they're the 79th ranked rushing defense, I see no reason why not to uh, believe in him for that game, I am going to say Deshaun Corbin, who's currently in our flex, he's going up against UMass, you just trust running backs against UMass, they have one of the worst rushing defenses in the country, and the game script for these kind of games allows for tons of running the ball and tons of running out the clock. So I think Deshaun Corbin's the play there. And then the last person I'm going to put in here, I'm going to say we'd start Hassan Haskins, who had the leading amount of carries against Nebraska, replace him, uh, re- replace Ches Malusi with him. So Xavier, do you have any arguments there? Uh, no, not at all. I, I completely agree. I just, you know, with Ches Malusi not being that number one bell cow role anymore with Braylon Allen, the the, start, the stud freshman coming in, uh, kind of, you know, handling his own with Jalen Berger uh, being dismissed from the program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just don't feel that confident in Ches Malusi. I mean, even though it's against Purdue, um, you know, if we had Braylon Allen, I would love to have him and start him against Purdue. But yeah, Ches Malusi being that RB too, I'd rather just have somebody be a starter and 
or either split and have like know that I'm going to get consistent, you know, good carries and the possibility of touchdowns. So I think yeah, yeah that's the move. Northwestern's the 117th ranked team in the, in the nation against the rush, and Xavier and I were kind of uh, spitballing back and forth before before the show started. And he was talking about it's like, oh, I don't know. Sometimes it's like Corbin has one good week, Haskins doesn't. Haskins has a good week, Corbin doesn't. I think both of them are going to have a good week against Northwestern. It just doesn't look like they're the kind of team that's going to be able to stop either of them. Yeah. So I think Haskins is going to have a good week regardless. So why don't you take your thought? Uh, why don't you take a thought? Take us through your thought process about wide receivers. Yeah. You need to start talking okay. like a robot more often so that I can actually, you know, make sense around here. <laughs> yeah, but um, on the wide receivers, like you said. Um, so we have David Bell versus Wisconsin. I think uh, David Bell, we drafted him number one for a reason. We're going to keep on riding with him for a reason because we believe that he is the number one wide receiver in uh, college football fantasy, especially with Keishon Butte out. I think David Bell's been uh, very consistent for all of his weeks, if I'm not mistaken. don't think there was really a week I was disappointed in David Bell. Maybe against Notre Dame, but still, that would be 13 points, so 10-plus. Um, so he's just an every-week starter uh, until there's a bye week. Mm-hmm. Um, Garrett Wilson versus Indiana. Um, Garrett Wilson is a top receiver. Uh, honestly, it's just pick your poison at Ohio State of, like, um, who's that number one receiver? Is it Garrett? Is it Olave? Um, mm-hmm. Jackson Smith and Jigba has been cutting in to you know some targets, but he's just that talented as a sophomore. But Garrett, well, he's Wilson... going to be a first round wide receiver for CFF next year. Oh, absolutely. Like he's, absolutely. He will not make it out of the first round. Yeah, not even not even close. But um, Garrett Wilson has shown consistently. Like um, there's been games where Olave it took a little while, maybe like one or two weeks for him to get going. Garrett Wilson has just been consistent. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's almost getting a touchdown a game. If I'm not mistaken. There's only mm-hmm. been one game he didn't get touched down in the last five games. And I'm looking at the entire season here. Yeah, uh, there's only been one game. He hasn't gotten a touchdown. So I feel like that's the reliability of Garrett Wilson at this point. Now, on to uh, our third wide receiver. We have Charleston Rambo. He's facing NC State. And without Derrick King, um, I really don't see a point of having Charleston Rambo in our starting lineup anymore. Um, mm-hmm. I like to see improvement from Van Dyke or if they go with Jake Garcia down the line, but I don't think they will. I think they're going to build up Jake Garcia for next year. Um, so we have a few options on our bench. We have uh, Rashi Rice against Tulane and then Tyler Sneed against Houston. We just talked about that Houston defense. So I don't think I want to put Tyler Sneed versus Houston. I do like the floor of Rashi Rice over the floor of Charleston Rambo. Mm-hmm. I think Charleston Rambo, um, I don't know. It, it's debatable on the upside between the two i think rashi rice has uh, shown that his upside is you know at least 20 points but at the same time like with tanner mordecai spreading the ball around and finding his like not to say that he's had different number ones each week i think it's been consistently uh, danny gray but reggie robes is getting more involved rashi rice has been consistent with about like i think he's averaging maybe around six seven uh, receptions a game so I just like that volume. Mm-hmm. So I would advocate for putting Rashi Rice over Charleston Rambo. I'm going to agree with you 100%. I'm the biggest Charleston Rambo fan out there right now, but it, you can just tell out on the field, Van Dyke is not uh, connected with him like we saw. Um, he's just not connected with him like we saw D.R. King was once uh, things started getting going for that Miami, Miami, Miami mm-hmm. offense. So I think absolutely we can throw Rashi Rice in there over Garrett Wilson. And again, the SMU, they're going up against Tulane. Tulane is 114th against the pass. 
that game's going to be an absolute shootout when they get started. I believe they play tonight. So they play tonight, so that's going to be a fun one to watch. Um, yeah, I'm not going to argue there. Really, the other thing here, we got tight ends. Um, Michael Meyer, back 100%, according to Notre Dame. So I say we drop our friend Peyton Hendershot. You served us well for one week, good sir. Not just kidding. You really only got us six points. Uh, but we move our boy Michael Meyer back into the tight end slot. Hopefully, they're not going to do the whole, we're going to ease him back. No, this is USC. Hang the points. Hang the points on USC. They're your rival. Use your weapons. And Michael yeah, Myers is by far home. your best weapon. Yeah, and they're at home, so I think the, that'll bode well for them. All right, and then again, at Flex, I'm, I advocated for Deshaun Corbin earlier, and Jamari Jones is already locked in, so I'm not going to really argue against uh, either of those two. Xavier, you got any thoughts? Uh, no, I'm in a, a complete agreement with you. Uh, I like Deshaun Corbin against UMass. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how much work they try to get him, but I think it's going to be one of those days to where he gets, you know, the usual maybe like 12 to 13 to 14 carries, which I think against UMass defense, uh, defense, defense, you got me talking broken <laughs> English. Yeah, I've got, I've given you the bug. Yeah. Um, against UMass defense, I think that will, uh, you know, can spell well for maybe a hundred yard plus game and a touchdown or two. Sounds good to me. All right. So we've gone through our team. Now we've set our starting lineup. We got Michael Pratt, CJ Stroud as our starting quarterbacks, Tyler Algier, Hassan Haskins, as two starting running backs. David Bell, Rashi Rice, and Garrett Wilson are our three wide receivers. Michael Meyer, back where he belongs in our starting lineup at tight end. Deshaun Corbin and Shamari Jones make up our flex. And so now we're going to go take a look at uh, our matchup for this upcoming week. And Xavier and I will make a prediction on whether or not we think we'll win. So, Xavier, you want to run through uh, Mr. Mike Bainbridge's team here and see what our thoughts are on it. Yeah, uh, we'll start off with the quarterbacks. He has Jonah Johnson, New Mexico State quarterback, uh, facing Hawaii. Then he has Bryce Young, uh, quarterback, Alabama, facing Tennessee. Uh, those are his two starting quarterbacks for now. Um, and then we can move on to the running backs. He has Bryant Kobeck of Toledo, facing Western Michigan. We talked about that game a little bit earlier with uh, Caleb Ellaby, and we'll see how that goes. Um, he also has Charles William, UNLV, going against San Jose State. Charles, uh, Charles, ooh, Charles Williams has looked uh, impressive over these past few weeks with these uh, with the volume he's getting. Now that he's back in the uh, Mountain West, I think uh, it's going to be a lot better for him going mm -hmm. forward, too. Um, Malachi Corley, uh, wide receiver, Western Kentucky against Florida International. Um, yeah, that's it's it's hard to uh, kind of figure out the wide receiver, too, for Western Kentucky. But everybody's getting a share of the love anyway from Bailey Zappi. So I think it's a good um it's a good shout for uh, Mike to start him because mm -hmm. it's just, you know, the fact of opportunity and it could be the week that he goes off. Cause I think in the past two weeks, I think he's had over a hundred yards. Oh no, that's somebody else. That's Tensley, but Corley still gets touchdowns and a lot of receptions because almost every receiver is getting like five plus receptions, which is ridiculous. So I mean, it's, it's, all they do is pass. <laughs> yeah. Basically their run game is really just nothing with Colefield and Whittington or uh, yeah, I think it's Whittington or something like that. But um. Yeah, Corley is a good uh, a good start for him. Then he has Marvin Mims against Kansas. Um, this is the big thing. Um, God, we're going to see the Marvin Mims of old uh, with Caleb Williams back. I mean, with Caleb Williams under center throwing the ball, no more Spencer Rattler. So you just unlocked uh, your offense probably to a whole other degree. So, I mean, does that mean that, you know, the ball's going to be spread around or is he going to have a favorite target of Jaden Hasselwood, who looked like uh, it was kind of his favorite target in the TCU game? But I think Marvin Mims is talented enough, especially when uh, Caleb Williams came in during Texas and Marvin Mims made those spectacular catches. 
Um, I think they're just, you know, with a whole week of practice and developing that chemistry, it's going to be a fun game to watch because um, Oklahoma is going to put up a lot of points in this game. So Marvin Mills is going to have an opportunity. Um, and his last wide receiver, he has Chris Olave facing Indiana. Uh, this may this, – this is the one thing I do hate about fantasy. This is the one aspect of fantasy that I hate is when you have a quarterback and the opponent has either the running back or wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So you have to, like – you know, hope that he doesn't like pray to God that he does not throw to Olave. Yeah. You're just like, Oh man, just throw to anybody else, hand the ball to anybody else, but the guy that he has, but knowing Chris Olave being that, you know, special of a talent, I think Chris Olave is going to have a good day against Indiana. So I can see why he started him. You know, he's uh, that talented, but we also have Gary Wilson. So that kind of balances out Um, at tight end. He has Lucas Kroll. Um, Maybe had a bit of a down week for the past few weeks, but still a reliable option at tight end. Um, so he's facing Clemson, who me and Jared both believe that it's still a great defense. All in all, it's just that, you know, you're having a down year. Um, you, you've kind of get, been exposed of like what your offense once was with Trevor Lawrence and a few other receivers that you had. So, um, you know, I'm talking a little bit more about the Clemson offense, but their defense is still solid, even with the injuries. But it's going to be interesting to see. I think Pitt is going to win that game. I think they're going to put up points. Um, Lucas Kroll is more of a goal line tight end. Uh, he gets in those type of situations. So maybe it'll bode well for them, or maybe Clemson will have a good game plan. Uh, as two flex spots, he has Jared Mag- uh, Mangham? Mangham? Mangum. Oh, Mangum. So we're going to go with Jared Mangum out of South Florida facing Temple. Um, I think he's been that bell cow role for South Florida so far. And I wouldn't say Temple. bell cow, but he's definitely been the lead back. He's definitely been the lead back. Uh, I think the one, I only say bell cows because he had like 26 against BYU. And I'm like, man, that's a big game to have 26 carries. But, um, yeah, those earlier games were a little bit rough. Um, but, yeah, he has uh, Jared Mayhem, uh, Mayhem, and then he has Brad Roberts out of Air Force. Um, they're facing San Diego. Well, no, are they facing San Diego? I believe yeah, they're, they're facing San Diego State this week. They're facing San Diego State. So, I mean. Good defense. It is a good defense, but he's getting a lot. In the past three weeks, his volume has been ridiculous. Um, I think if I had to average that out, that's like – 28 carries a game so and he's getting a touchdown or two in each game so it's just you know it's going to be and that's all air force is going to do they're like they have no other offensive like capabilities of passing the ball and anything like that so mm-hmm. you know brad roberts is probably going to go off um not to say really go off but he's going to get the opportunities to you know put up numbers so, so that's it for uh mike bambert's team yeah and like so now we got to make our predictions of whether or not we win this week or not and again i'm knocking on wood over here because i i hate every single time i make a prediction on this show because i feel like i'm jinxing us if i say that we win um but i'm 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 feeling confident with this one um if only because when i look at bainbridge's team at least for this week i'd be curious to see like who he has on by this week um because if this this seems like just a lot of guys that I probably wouldn't be comfortable starting in a lot of different places. Now, obviously, Bryce Young, uh, Bryant Kobach, and Chris Olave. I think those are three like clear starters in fantasy every single week. Um, but Charles Williams has been an up and down guy. Malachi Corley very de- like very dependent on whether or not he's the flavor of the day in that Western Kentucky offense. Marvin Mims, same thing with the Oklahoma offense. We've seen that. It, yeah, he went off in the Texas game. That's great, but when he against TCU, uh, he was not just he was just not able to find the end zone. Uh, Lucas Kroll, as much as I've been hyping him up in a lot of different weeks, he has had a rough go the last couple of weeks, and now he's going to face probably the better defense 
that he's faced in quite a while. Uh, Jared Mangum, uh, while I like him a lot, I have him in my group of five league. Uh, he's good for anywhere between 12 to 20 points, but don't expect him to do much more than that. And then Brad Roberts, yeah, he's got the volume. But again, going up against a tougher defense, and even with all that volume, he still hasn't had like an explosive game yet. There's just a lot of risk and a lot of limitations I'm seeing with Mike Bainbridge's team here. So, And I just feel a lot better about a lot of our guys. Because again, I feel good about CJ Stroud. I feel good about David Bell. I feel good about Garrett Wilson. I feel good about Michael Meyer, Deshaun Corbin, um, and a lot of our guys. So I'm going to take us to win. Xavier, yeah. what are your thoughts? I'm gonna do the same. Um, I well, well, I know we're gonna both be watching that um, Tulane and SMU game probably mm-hmm. uh, not immediately right after, but it comes on in like two hours, so we'll be tuned in to see how Michael Pratt did this. But I think overall, I, like you said, I'm just more comfortable with a lot of our guys. I think David Bell, Garrett Wilson, um, those are two reliable receivers that are gonna get a lot of receptions, and you know, knock on wood, um, that you know they'll get a lot of touchdowns as well too. I mean. They're the, some of the two or they're, you know, two of the best wide receivers in all of college football. Um, then you have Michael Meyer coming back against a very terrible USC defense. And then you have Deshaun Corbin, who, I mean, I know we mentioned a few weeks back of like, hey, maybe we should take a flyer out on him. And, you know, barring one week of, I guess, uh, having a mediocre day. And then, you know, UNC probably wasn't the best day either for Florida State. But and then Wake Forest was a tough defense. But ever since then, I mean, those other games, he's been going off. He's been doing well. So I was like, and you, UMass ain't even close to some of the defenses that exactly. Uh, so I mean, that if, have slowed him down. If if he's not going, then I'm going to be concerned about maybe it'll be the only situation I could see him not going is if they give it to Jordan, uh, uh, Jordan yeah. Travis. Yeah, Jordan Travis. So um, and he starts running around like he did against um Miami. Was it? Who he ran around against, or was that UNC? No, it was UNC. It was so, a UNC. He had like ran for a two touchdowns. Half a mile. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, my thoughts on the team. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, I, I believe we should win. I mean, we also have Rashi Rice playing in that game at seven thirty-two. So it's going to be a lot of people we're rooting for from the seven thirty game of college football. So, gets us interested a little bit earlier than usual. Yeah. So again, like, I'm also going to say we're going to win because we need this win. Um, yeah. If we want to have a chance at the playoffs, we lose this game. I'm not going to say that completely kills our chances at the playoff, but it's going to make it a lot harder. We have two games left after this. We go up against, I believe, Eric Froton. Uh, That'll be an interesting game next week. And then we go up against Kevin Brown. So those are going to be two good teams that we'll be going up against. Um, thing games that I don't want to be relying upon to make sure that we get in. I mean, every game from here on out pretty much is a must win because this league is close. There's there's not a huge disparity in this league. Um, but even still, if we can get a win this weekend, I feel like that'll be much more comfortable for us going forward, especially, or at the very least, if we lose this week, we need to make sure we hang a lot of points so that that tiebreaker of, uh, total fantasy points will be the thing that ke- puts us in the top four for Absolutely. the playoffs. That's honestly yeah. my goal with this league. Because again, as much as as much as I trust myself with my fantasy knowledge and everything like that, we're going up against experts. Like these are, these are guys that have been doing this for 15, 20 years, some of them. And I will feel extremely proud of both of us if we are able to get into the playoffs in our very first year in th- this kind of league. Yeah. Uh, yeah, same. Uh, I will say Josh's team can be hard to beat once we get to the playoffs, but 
we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, that's it. I'm going to say that's it. Uh, Appreciate y'all tuning in, listening to us. Again, we're trying to keep these right around half an hour. We did a good job today. So appreciate y'all listening to us. If you're watching on YouTube, please make sure you subscribe to the channel. Leave comments down below. Do you think we made the right decisions on who to sit, who to start? If you are on YouTube as well, make sure you hit that notification bell. Um, All that good jazz. Uh, If you're listening to us on podcast, make sure you're following us wherever you are listening, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere that you are listening. Uh, Make sure if you are on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. We really like hearing those. Uh, In addition to that, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at CFF underscore Jared. He is at CFF underscore Xavier. Uh, Please tweet at us any questions, or if if you just think we did a good job on the show, please make sure you do, or just send us a message doing that. We love words of encouragement. They're wonderful. Uh, In addition to that, I think that covers everything. So, Xavier, got anything else to say before we head out? Uh, nope, it's going to be a, you know, a slower week eight, but you know, it's college football in general. So there'll always be some theatrics. I'm excited for these games. I'm excited for all everybody's reaction on Twitter and uh, all the social media. You know, I mean, with all the leagues coming back of like the NBA, the MLB, uh, the Braves are up 3-1. I know Jared's a little bit nervous about that, um, but I think the Braves are going to be fine as a, you know, as a Cubs fan looking from the outside. Um, but yeah, overall college football, Got some bye weeks. Uh, you know, our Georgia Bulldogs aren't playing, but we're getting ready for that Florida game. So I'm excited for that. Just so much. Um, and the season's going by so fast and we're getting through a lot of these episodes. I can't, I remember back when we were like at week zero and to see how far we've come in like eight weeks. Oh yeah. It's crazy. So, it's an exciting time. Like it, it, it's blown my mind that after this week, and at least in the Kings Classic League, we have we have two regular season games left and then we yeah. get to the playoffs, which is crazy to me. That and even crazy. though, the college football playoff committee, they start uh, voting, like, what, in a week or two? Oh, God, you're right. I think it's the first weekend of November they put out their first rankings. Yeah, so oh, we're getting around that crazy. time as well, too. So, yeah, it's a great time. All righty, y'all. Appreciate y'all listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Have a blessed day.